the circus known as the Democratic Party presidential primaries is underway, and the major contender against the senile Joe Biden has been declared as Robert F. Kennedy Jr. This may have thrown a spanner in the works for the mainstream media, as the popular Kennedy is said to be one of the world's leading anti-vaxxers. So, as you would expect, the smear articles are in full flight, as every detail of RFK Jr.'s life is being portrayed in a negative light. However, there is one thing that the media has been conspicuously avoiding, and it relates to what he said about one of the most famous, quote, viruses in the world. One commentator noticed this and concluded that it was extraordinary that the media are not jumping in for what looked like an easy kill. Let's have a look at the latest example of the mainstream being kept in the dark about virology pseudoscience in order to prevent all hell breaking loose. On the 14th of August, a long article about RFK Jr. appeared on the UNS Review, an alternative media platform. I was not previously familiar with the platform, although being a libertarian from way back, some of the authors such as Ron Paul were familiar to me, as well as some linked sites such as Lou Rockwell and Tom Woods. The UNS Review is a big website in the alternative media space, and I note came in with comparable metrics to lourockwell.com. We are in some good company here, as my husband Mark and I had the pleasure of meeting Lou in Auburn, Alabama in 2016. The article was titled, America Pravda, Why the Media Fears RFK Jr., and was authored by Ron Unz himself, the founder and publisher of the website. The subtitle of the article is, Investigating the Sounds of Silence. And as we will see, this is a fitting description for what has been noticed by the author, the problem of so-called virus science. Whether intentionally or not, RFK Jr. has brought the fraudulent world of virology into a position where worlds might collide unless the establishment can keep a lid on it. Although those of us that dispute the virus model have gained significant momentum in the past three years, we are also realistic that the vast majority of the public are not even aware that there has been a debate going on for more than a century. So much has been hidden from them that even in everyday life, they haven't noticed that the virology emperor has no clothes. The first few paragraphs of the article read as follows. Last week, the New York Times ran a lengthy front-page hit piece against Robert F. Kennedy Jr., scion of America's most famous political family, and an underdog challenger to President Joseph Biden in the Democratic primaries. Jinx! Last week, the New Zealand media ran front-page hit pieces against me as an underdog challenger to the medical establishment. Unz continues, Kennedy's unexpectedly strong campaign had recently stumbled when the novice candidate made some incautious remarks at a private dinner regarding the ethnic skew of COVID vulnerability 
and a video clip of his explosive words touched off a media-feeding frenzy. The Times and the rest of the mainstream media are intensely hostile to Kennedy's effort, and the editors may have hoped that this piling-on attack might permanently cripple his fledgling campaign. The entire tone of the article was unrelentingly negative, and clearly intended to present the dissenting Democratic candidate as someone who held bizarre beliefs, or was even unhinged. Definitely not an individual to be entrusted with our nation's future. My own experience with the mainstream media and fact-checkers is that they give the game away with what they don't say. For example, the hit pieces against me never mention that I produce my content together with my husband Mark, also a former doctor. They like to portray me as a solo YouTuber and do not draw any attention to our written works. While they get quotes from alleged experts who say I spread misinformation, None of them will go near the details of virus mania or a farewell to virology. And why don't they mention the settling the virus debate statement? Perhaps one of the experts could explain why they are not prepared to do the required scientific experiments our group have proposed. We know they avoid these things deceptively to discredit me in an attempt to dissuade the naive from looking into what we actually say. Our information is fully transparent and available for free on my platforms, so why try to distract from it? And this is where Unz picks up on the same theme in the hit pieces on RFK Jr. He writes, Thus we can safely assume that every misstep or bit of dirt about Kennedy would have been discovered by now, allowing us to draw some important inferences from any silence. So as I carefully read the Times article, I focused not so much on what it contained, but rather what it strangely omitted. Then we get to the crucial section which is titled Totally Ignoring Kennedy's AIDS Denialism. It starts with the sentence When hostile journalists seek to destroy a candidate, they naturally direct their coverage where they believe he is most vulnerable and do their best to ignore his greatest strengths. Unz then reports how he read the real Anthony Fauci in order to get to grips with RFK Jr.'s stance against some vaccines. To my utter amazement, I discovered that the main subject of his text was something entirely different than what I had been led to believe. Kennedy had devoted nearly half the length, 200 pages, to promoting the theory that AIDS did not exist as a real disease and was instead merely a medical media hoax concocted by Dr Anthony Fauci and his greedy corporate allies. But as I noted, although they denounced him on every other point, None of them ever mentioned his explosive AIDS claims. What Unz considers explosive is just the tip of the iceberg though, as he goes on to write, Instead of being responsible for AIDS, the HIV virus is probably harmless and had nothing to do with the disease. But when individuals were found to be infected with HIV, they were subjected to the early extremely lucrative AIDS drugs, which were actually lethal and often killed them. So part two is correct, many patients have been killed by drugs, but part one is false. There is no evidence that there is an infection as HIV has not been shown to exist. However, already Ron Unz is incredulous that RFK Jr. would be brazen enough to suggest that HIV does not cause AIDS when he states, I found Kennedy's account as shocking as anything I have ever encountered. Well, Mr. Unz might be shocked even more, although perhaps he shouldn't be, as there were a couple of passages in the real Anthony Fauci that he either overlooked 
or didn't recognise the significance of. In his book, RFK Jr. wrote, Among the most outspoken dissidents of the HIV orthodoxy are biologist Eleni Papadopoulos and physician Val Turner of the Australian Perth Group. Papadopoulos and Turner believe the particles Gallo identified as HIV are not even retroviruses, but rather are a class of cellular debris generated entirely from within the human body. Now we are getting to the depths of the fraud. But why was this bombshell not fully investigated in the real Anthony Fauci? The Children's Health Defence has been mostly obstructive to discussions with the no-virus group for the past few years, but RFK Jr. himself offered the following explanation in his book. In my conversations with Turner and Papadopoulos, and in my reading of their paper, I find their arguments clear and convincing. However, I recognise that there are some 50,000 articles on AIDS in the scientific literature. A casual novitiate like myself has little chance of unravelling this Baroque controversy in a vacuum. Now we are back to one of his fallback positions, which was exposed when RFK Jr. was questioned by Eric Coppolino in an April 2022 event. I covered this incident in my video, RFK Jr. Enters the Viral Existence Debate, where he admitted that he was aware of the debate and couldn't rule out the possibility that viruses were a hoax. Although he thought that viruses probably exist, he also admitted that, quote, I really am not qualified to comment. Yeah, I really am not to those of us that apply the scientific method, the number of papers is irrelevant. The 50,000 AIDS articles that he mentioned have virtually nothing to do with whether HIV exists, because almost every single one of these articles starts with the faulty premise that it has already been shown to exist. This is the fundamental issue that those of us in the no-virus position have been shining the light on. When it comes to claims that viruses exist, you need to go to the foundational articles where the alleged discovery was made, and there are much fewer of these papers. The presented experiments must a. consist of methodologies that are sufficient to support the evidence claim, and b. follow the scientific method, which includes employing valid controls. In the case of HIV, the foundational papers have been fully refuted in the Perth Group's HIV, a virus like no other. There is no scientific evidence for the existence of a viral particle termed HIV, and never was. Now it is clear that RFK Jr. is aware of the Perth Group's paper because he wrote in his book that, in my reading of their paper, I find their arguments clear and convincing. This implies he was unable to counter their arguments. We also know that his children's health defence organisation has a significant number of doctors and scientists associated with it. So if the scientific material is too heavy for him, why doesn't he ask some of his top doctors and scientists to make a documented attempt to refute HIV a virus like no other? Or perhaps they could start by watching my three-part video series of the Perth Group's Yin and Yang of HIV. We would also welcome the written assessment of Mark's A Farewell to Virology Expert Edition, a treatise explaining the lack of scientific evidence for any virus. As the paper heads to 250,000 views on my website alone, we have received plenty of feedback, but the only errors that were pointed out were the occasional typo or broken link. Back to the UNS article, and like RFK Jr., he also concedes that, quote, 
Although I have a strong science background, with my original academic training having been in theoretical physics, I am not a medical doctor, nor a virologist, let alone someone with specialised expertise in AIDS research, and these articles would mean nothing to me, even if I had attempted to read them. So I was forced to seek other indications that Kennedy's 200 pages on AIDS represented something more than sheerest lunacy. The first point to advise Mr Unz is that you don't need to be a doctor or a virologist to look into this. In fact, most of them are so deep in dogma that they are unable or unwilling to critically appraise the material. Mark and I had to untangle all the faulty premises of our medical education after years of exposure to the establishment models. And the creator of Virology, Mike Stone, had no background in those fields and yet provides devastating critiques of virology and the medico-pharmaceutical complex in his ever-expanding collection of articles and resources. The second point is that going to quote other indications involves a departure from the application of the scientific method. Other indications may provide some hints, but we must all come back to the foundational papers that are subsequently cited as the evidence for the existence of HIV. However, Unz rightly points out that as potentially $2 trillion has poured into the HIV-AIDS industrial complex, there are huge incentives for institutions and individuals to maintain the narrative. Unfortunately, Unz then continues to talk about HIV as though it has been shown to have a physical existence when he writes, Furthermore, critics eventually noted that many thousands of documented AIDS victims similarly lacked any signs of the HIV virus, while millions of those infected by HIV exhibited absolutely no symptoms of AIDS. What signs of the HIV virus? The medical establishment doesn't find the imagined HIV in anyone. It employs antibody assays and through circular reasoning fallaciously claims that this is evidence of quote a virus and quote infection. The assay has to be set at a level in order not to have too many positives and even on their own terms there are dozens of conditions which are associated with detection or at least higher levels of this protein class. They all relate to inflammatory or healing responses. No virus required. Unz continues to talk about a virus existing as he has recently discovered Dr. Peter Duisberg's work, and a section of his article is called Investigating the Duisberg Hypothesis on HIV-AIDS. In reading Duisberg, he correctly gathers that AIDS was concocted as an umbrella term that collected up pre-existing conditions. He also picks up that so-called AIDS in Africa is quite a different pattern from AIDS in first world countries, which is rather inconvenient on a scientific front if it is supposed to be the same quote, virus. It was also good to see that Unz watched Brent Loong's 2009 documentary, House of Numbers, although again focuses on Duisberg's postulated harmless retrovirus hypothesis and makes no mention of the Perth group's appearance who showed there was no evidence of any virus full stop. So when Unz talks about, quote, the astonishing theory that AIDS doesn't really exist as a disease, but was merely a medical media hoax concocted by Dr. Anthony Fauci and his profit-hungry corporate allies, it looks like he has gained an opening look into a world that we know so well. The subtitle of Virus Mania is how the medical industry continually invents epidemics, making billion-dollar profits at our expense. Because this is not just about HIV, it is about the entire fraud of all alleged viruses, 
the concept of contagion and the damage done by vaccines. And yes, you'll note that RFK Jr. was a guest author with his commentary on vaccines. I don't know what the media will do to contain the situation if it spills out further, but maybe they are not too worried. On one hand, they have been painting RFK Jr. as the world's most prominent anti-vaxxer, when his position is very mild compared to those of us that can see that germ theory is a refuted hypothesis. And we are about to see the release of his new book, The Wuhan Cover-Up. The book description states, Gain-of-function experiments are often conducted to deliberately develop highly virulent, easily transmissible pathogens for the stated purpose of developing preemptive vaccines for animal viruses before they jump to humans. Pathogens? Viruses? This plays straight back into the hands of the establishment, who don't care why people believe in these pseudoscientific concepts, as long as they believe in them to some degree. We have addressed gain-of-function fantasies in several videos and articles and will continue to point out that as there is no scientific evidence for so-called pathogens, there can be no gain-of-function. If anyone is making such claims about pathogens, then they should submit the evidence to those of us that can interpret the papers instead of making up stories about phantom constructs. Despite all the censorship and shadow banning that our group puts up with, we continue to see momentum. For example, I have seen recent correspondence that reveals the BBC are well aware that germ theory has and is being strongly dismantled, although no evidence is yet that they are going to allow any of us to appear on their platform. The implications could be the downfall of much of the medico-pharmaceutical industry and the media they fund along with the narratives of control. So we're not holding our breath. In the meantime, we will continue to speak to those that are prepared to listen as we call out anti-science, dispel fears about imaginary pathogens, and learn to live in a better health paradigm. If you enjoyed this video, please visit support.dsam.com 